0: Ahoy! It's the greatest Matt of them all. It's post-production Matt. And yeah, as you notice there's no hilarious excerpt from the podcast this week. It's me introducing... which you already know. I can assure you the podcast is much better than this. So as you know, if you're a regular listener, first of all, thanks for coming back. And if you're not, then welcome to the end podcast. What we usually do is break down one of the hottest films that's been released that week, or a comic book series, or, you know, just general nerd culture. But we do a focus on one, or sometimes two. One time, we even did three things. So the point being, there's not been that much released recently that me and Tim really wanted to get our fingers dirty with. And we thought, well, we still wanted to do an episode. So this week, it's me and Tim... I mean, an unscripted episode, a bit of a natter. Uh, Not that we usually have scripts, but we usually have a planned direction. And it's basically as it comes. There's a little bit of a catch-up on what we've been up to personally. And then we go into some nerd topics of the moment. Like, what on earth are Marvel going to do about Jonathan Majors? And is the DCEU Terminal, before it's even finished its run, and uh, we give some little recommendations at the end for like what we've been reading and all that sort of thing and at this point you know I'm going to have to ask you hit the follow the subscribe, the like and we would be very grateful but now, on with the episode
1: Which of the witches do you belong? The one with the eye patch or the one that's highly strong I know you can't trust anyone How do you capture
0: And welcome, everybody, to another episode of The End Podcast. I am, as always, one of your co-hosts, Matt. And with me today, as he is every day, in my heart at least. (laughs) I thought I fucked that up then, because I was like, hang on, we don't do podcasts every day. Anyway, Tim, Tim, how are you? I
1: am Tim. I am great. It's good to see you, Matt. It's been a minute. I've been out of town, sick, etc., which we'll get into, but nice to see you. I'm doing well. How are you? Uh,
0: I've been better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been better. Uh, I don't know, about 10 days ago, I buried one of my parents and then not a week later, I nearly burnt my house down. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, but I mean, what else can you do? I mean, sometimes life just throws these things out. You've just got to just think, the funeral was really good, actually. It was quite a funny one. I want to say my parents I was brought up by my grandparents, so it wasn't like my mum mm-hmm. or my dad, but it was, it, with an effect, a parent. But yeah, the funeral was amazing. It, I felt, like, really strange afterwards because I had such a good time at it. We don't have the language to describe an event like that that's so, like, moribund by nature, that when yeah. you... Sometimes you just enjoy having a good cry. It just clears the vents, and you see all your family that you've not seen in ages, and... And you're, you're exchanging stories and having jokes. The drink's flowing and everybody's mm-hmm. having, again, you struggle with the words because it is a good time, but it's not a good time. I think mm-hmm. like it's one mm-hmm. of the rare occasions where it's one that I struggle with, let's put it that way. It was a great send-off for him without sort of <laughs> just using obvious platitudes. And then Tim I nearly burned my house down with an oil fire.
1: If I had an oil fire and my house, would truly burn down because I would throw water on it and like
0: do all sorts of crazy shit. But you did not. Tell us what you did. As Brian said previously, you sort of absorbed knowledge via osmosis from the zeitgeist. I instantly knew I had to cover it, and I also knew that I shouldn't put water on it because the oil floats on water because it's lighter. Yeah. So if you right. create steam, then you're creating Mm -hmm. oil steam, and then that ignites, and it makes the whole thing uh, much, much worse. It's quite strange, actually. A lot of people say, put a damp towel on it next time. I'm like, no, you don't introduce water to that situation at all. Mm -hmm. Long story short, I've been making burgers, like these smash burgers that you see on YouTube. I've become quite good at them. Pretty decent, Tim. I've seen the uh, photos. They look good. They tasted good as well. I thought, (laughs) how can I in this instance over egg the pudding. (laughs) I I thought these triple cut fucking chips, fries, these are the bollocks, mate. I bet it don't take that too much soaking them for six hours and all that sort of shit. I was like, nah, what we'll do, we'll just get the (laughs) longest potato we can and just drop joking. (laughs) Just drop it in the fat fryer. So I've made these really delicately perfectly formed chips. Fries for our American friends. (laughs) And I boiled them off and then I put them in cold water and I put them in the fridge. And then you blanch them in. You're supposed to go from 250 on the first fry, which just cooks it all the way through, gets it nice and crisp and fluffy. And then you whack it up to 350. Now, my electric hob goes up to nine. And on seven, it wasn't doing anything. I'm not saying you can put your hand in and pull them out because it's hot oil, but... I was lifting them out and they were still squishy like they were boiled. So I put the lid on it. Mm -hmm. And then it started to bubble up. So I was like, oh, cool. Right, so seven with the lid on, that's equivalent of like 250. We need to add 40% heat. So I was thinking, well, from seven to nine, that's only 28%. So realistically, take them out, pop them back in, put the lid on, we'll be fine. Now, in hindsight, it was foolish putting a lid on Mm -hmm. boiling oil. It was heinous. So I've made my burger. I've fried off my onions. I've toasted the buns. I've the oil, I'm thinking, this is going to be the right temperature. I lift the lid off. It's hit the ceiling within a second. And it's spread out wide. The funny thing is, it's you could kind of see it igniting. It's almost like someone's holding like a, a tinder to it. Like yeah. some kindling. It was like spark, spark. Whoa. And immediately, <laughs> I, I've got <laughs> the, the lid. I'm trying to get it back on, but obviously I'm putting my, my hand in fire. So you're yeah. never going to have the precision. So then it's bellowing out the fucking sides. I can sort of hear I've got like a well I had <laughs> a glass extractor fan above it, yeah, locked uh, yeah. into glass. I could hear that cracking. I grab a Holy tea towel. Shit. I've cleared the the hob of all the rest of the shit because you know we don't want it going into the other pans. And then I've got the tea towel from the adjacent sink. And I'm thinking, okay, let's get it over it. So i put it over it, but it's still coming out under the sides. It just sets the tea towel on fire. That's gone in seconds. And I'm not going to lie to you. for It couldn't have lasted more than two or three seconds. The whole thing didn't last for more than a minute or two, maybe 90 seconds at the absolute most. But your mind's just racing, so everything's kind of slowing down. And I'm yeah. stood there, and there's a couple of seconds where I'm looking around and thinking, there's a couple of – pretty expensive problems that need fixing in this house, like the retaining walls rotating. There is a little bit of cracking inside or there's a damp problem. And I'm looking around and I see all these fucking comics. To be fair, it wouldn't be the worst thing, would it? (laughs) All these fucking comics that are just ornamental on the shelves. I thought, No one would hold it against you. Your house is on fire. Like, your house is on fire, (laughs) Matthew. If you were to just fucking run now, you try putting a lid on it. You put a tea towel over it. Didn't do anything. You've already burnt your hand. So, (laughs) and then you snap out of it, a fucking belt up the stairs, like a a fucking racehorse, mate, two at a time, and grabbing a, a bath towel. And this is after a minute or so. The next day, the smoke inhalation was the worst part of it. Like, I really felt fucking chesty. When you breathe in, it felt damaged. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. It, each breath was caustic. And the smoke, how quickly it fills a house. Maybe it's five, maybe ten yards from the top of the stairs to the end gable. And I could see all the way through, but you wouldn't stand a chance of doing an eye test. Let's put it that way. It was frightening at that point. So I grabbed my bath towel because I think it's so wide. And I just throw it over the top of this pan. but And then yeah. I think I can wrap it around it and cover it. And so yeah. the thing is, the, my fingertips were still touching the sides of the pot. Oh, fuck. So I'm, I've got all the doors open. I get it to the porch, which is like the utility. It's got the washer dryer. It's the mop and bucket. I'm, and my hands just start shaking. And I fucking So can I, just,
1: can, I can I interject?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So at this point, like, are you... Is there so much adrenaline running through you that it's like pain? This is
0: like a pain-free experience at this point. Yeah, 100%. But I knew, I knew that my fingers were going numb. Yeah. I just knew I couldn't feel my fingertips. More intellectual at this point
1: than it it is physical.
0: But my hands are shaking because ultimately I've got a pan that is full of oil. Can you imagine like a full saucepan of water? How unstable that is to carry and the panic of the moment. I think I dealt with it quite well. Until this point, I get into the the porch stroke utility area. All I've got to do is take another step and I'm outside. And my hands just drop it. At this point, this is where I think I'm really fucking lucky. Because I step backwards. None of the oil goes on me. Not mm. one. Maybe on my hands, because it's really fucked up. <laughs> Maybe I tip some on my hand. Maybe that's even what made me drop it. Who knows? Because at the time, it was it was just fucking... It was just a... <laughs> like a maelstrom stacked on a fucking kind of my ass yeah. it was fucking terrible. So at this point, all the oil's just completely covered the floor. The whole of this area is on fire now. The what? floor, the floor is because I'm carrying a pan of fire. So it's on the floor and it's starting to like drift underneath the washing machines. If it gets to my coats, so I've got like puffer jackets, bubble jackets there that are just basically fucking duck down. So it's just going to go oh, on, and it, oh. so I realised this. And again, I don't know at which point I really fucked my hand up because you can attest how gnarly it looks. It's pretty oh, bad, isn't it? I, l- listeners, like,
1: it is fucking crazy.
0: It's it's pretty horrific. Um, and at that point, I thought to myself, well, there's a simple choice to make now, and it's just about how much pain you can take to to stop your house burning down. So. I pick it up with their hands and it's spilling over with fucking oil. pick it up with their hands and just throw it. At this point I- I'm aware that I've already fucked this up so I'm just basically trying to get it away from me and yeah. get it out and hopefully there's no splash back. I could take a bit on my body but your face is different, isn't it? So I would just fucking <laughs> yep. flung it out and then I-, I went back in and got um, I can't even remember what I got maybe I just got shoes off the wall and started fucking stamping Figuratively stamping, well, I think, well, you know what I mean, like stamping yes. out. Yeah, yeah, shoes. yeah, yeah, fuck, dude. Holy I'm, shit. I didn't, I, yeah, when, you yeah told, when I
1: saw, dude, when I saw it, when I, when you sent me those photos of your hand, I, I had no idea the, the scope of this thing. Like, I thought, okay, there's a fire in the stove, you put the cover on, and that, and you burn your hand at the end. I didn't know it was like a whole fucking thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was genuine. And you know what? I've got a genuine respect for how powerful fire is now. You don't hear about fires. It's not like the 70s and 80s when people were smoking in bed. There was like almost like an, an epidemic of um, deep fat fryer, people falling asleep after the pub and leaving them on. And it just goes oh so God. quick from, from just cooking a delicious burger and fries for dinner. And that was the thing, Tim. I've been through this ordeal and I was still fucking hungry. That <laughs> was going to be my question. Did you, did you eat the burger? <laughs> well, here we go, mate. Here we go. Here we go. So I'm forlornly standing in front of... My kitchen unit, and thinking, well, what's what's the worst? You know, it could have been I I could have been severely burnt. We're very lucky that nothing worse has happened to me. The house, it's mainly cosmetic. Obviously, the 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 kitchen around that specific area, I've got insurance. That's fine. I always take no voluntary excess. I always pay the extra for that because otherwise, what's the fucking point in insurance? Yep. So, So yeah, it was. yeah i I felt really lucky afterwards which is a perverse thing to say but i felt very very fortunate you just don't hear a fire it's like it's not a thing that there's not even like fire safety on the tv anymore whereas there used to be adverts like daily stop drop and
1: roll like you don't see that ever
0: yeah 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 which is also the stop drop and roll was also the worst song off the bravery's first album first and only album (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's quite funny how sam endicote thought he could fucking have a set two with brandon flowers like it was like <laughs> <laughs> like, like <laughs> debut album beef and then it was like well hard to join that where's your second album <laughs> yeah so that's basically um what i've been up to unfortunately did a welder um the first Person that I'm probably made friends with or always friendly with when I moved to the new house or the new very old house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he was a welder, so I thought if anyone's going to know about burns, it's him. And he said, look, don't bother with anything. You just need to put ice on it. And I kept it on ice for about six hours and then the ice ran out. And okay. th- I thought, oh, I need some more ice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it really started to sting. So I fell asleep with a pan of cold water with the window open to keep it cold. (laughs) And every 15 minutes, I was just dipping my hand in it to keep it fresh. Oh, to get back to the food tip, So I'm thinking, fucking hell, like insults to injury. I've literally spent two hours destroying my kitchen. I still ain't got chips. In the back of my mind, I honestly (laughs) thought, well, I've got another pan and I've still got some oil left. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like... Even if the worst happens again, it's not going to make the kitchen any worse, is it?
1: It's done me as well. Yeah, it was,
0: yeah. Look, in actual fact, I'd be I'd be disappointed if it didn't happen because then it's <laughs> it's clearly a manufacturer's error. In which case, <laughs> yeah. okay. I'm looking around. I'm like, well, the buns are toasted. Toasted them in like fucking truffle oil. Like onions, really finely chopped. Tiny little yeah, yeah, yeah. translucent, nice. thing. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah, tiny little translucent bits, which is an important detail that we'll come back to. Sauteed them off at the end with prosecco vinegar. Like this was the fucking nuts, nuts of burgers, mate. I got these dirty, great, big fucking pickles, and honestly, I, I, I was so looking for. Effect. So yeah, yeah but saying. yeah, you're forgetting one small detail. I looked at the hopper. And I was like, where are the pans? I threw them in the sink, didn't I? And then on top of the murky dishwater was just this burger bobbing up and down. Oh, no! (laughs) So I I sort of picked it and gave it a little bit of a flick, (laughs) like it was a polaroid. And I went, well, look, the dishes in there, they're in there with the objective of them being clean dishes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, the burger's probably fine. It's cold, but we've had cold burgers before. I put it all together, I get like the posh sauce, the posh mustard out the fridge, like put it on this perfectly toasted bun. And uh, I'm just spooning these Prosecco vinegar Mm blanched onions in. I take a bite out of it and I fucking just about lose a tooth. I pull this little thing out, masquerading as onion. And what had happened is the glass extractor had not only cracked, but it had shattered. So I'm like, so to add insult to, insult to injury, I've got fucking shattered glass in the burger.
1: <laughs> oh my God, dude.
0: I know, I know, but you've got to see the funny side of that because it's kind of like a Mr. Bean sketch, isn't it? Yeah. He puts the fire out and then he just looks at the burger. Nobody's going to know. <laughs> so yeah, that's a very long answer to the introduction. How am I? I've an experience. So... Holy shit. What I should probably tell people, Tim, now that we're probably 15 minutes into (laughs) what's been going on with me, is this isn't a normal episode. It's just me and Tim having a catch-up because we aren't going to do any films that we don't think we're going to like. So we do the Marvel ones because we still have hope. And if there's Mm -hmm. a big film out, like... Evil Dead (laughs) Rise, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So we do stuff like that, but we're going. You to do Super Mario. i am no interest in fast X. um No interest. Super Mario is good. To... I like it Well, all right. Don't don't make me look like I'm making poor decision, poor life decisions. No, no, no. It was just like it's a cute. It was good yeah, for my kids exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I had no interest in doing any of the DC ones, but <clears> we'll probably have a quick catch up on those today anyway. So the point being is, we're not doing a normal episode. It's just been a little while since there's been anything out for us to really talk through in detail, with the capacity to talk through in detail anyway. So we just thought we'd have a little catch up with me and Tim, and you can. This is like a phone call that you're eavesdropping on. You dead little fucking perverts. <laughs> You've you know, you know, you, know, you, know we, you know, we did do, didn't we do sixty five? No, we never did. We that. do sixty five. Okay,
1: so that was didn't, like somewhat recent.
0: No, we did do that. What was that? Didn't that was we? with was that Quantum Mania? No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. I think we did. A, did we do a triple bill? Was it? We oh may have. God. We may have. Right. Well, there's one way to find out, isn't there? I've got Spotify here. <laughs> God, we're shambolic riffraff. That's what we are. <laughs> we don't even know our own show. Uh, like we know what? What we hey, I've got a fucking playmate. Uh... <laughs> okay, here's what we did. <laughs> we did officially John Wick Chapter 4 and Pearl. And Tara was on the show, but we mm. had both seen independently 65, but we enjoyed it mm. that much that we spoke about it with some good, good length. Okay. 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 So you get the gist of it. We're just having a conversation today and people can listen or they can not listen. I mean, whether they've liked the sound of me mutilating myself is I'll probably say, don't expect that as the precedent.
1: <laughs> well, I think we can take at least two things away from this. One is let me offer my condolences about your, your grandpa. You know, my dad died almost 20 years ago. And I remember the funeral being like, not like that, not as like fun, but definitely like cathartic. You know, we know that funerals are for the living, ultimately, like to help help us feel better, you know? So I I can sort of relate to that. And I remember I spoke at my dad's funeral and um, I remember people were laughing, people were crying. It was like, I was like in control of the whole thing. It was like, that was actually a little bit kind of fun. And for years, even since then, even now, people who are there, if I run into them, they'll say something about it. And I can't tell you how many times people have asked me to speak at their events on the basis of, like, what really? happened. Really? That yeah. That's pretty
0: funny. Yeah, cool.
1: it's, it is interesting, yeah. So, I mean, anyways, my condolences on that, and um, I can kind of relate to it. And the other thing is, uh, I think we can all agree that you are quite a storyteller, man. That is, setting aside the actual
0: event, what a story. I love it. <laughs> no.
1: I love to it.
0: I went to a couple of the places that I frequent, with the public houses, just so I could tell the story. I don't mind admitting yeah. that. How are you? I've been better. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I think. <I'm> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I just sort of show them my hand and like, oh my god, what happened? Oh, I'm yep, yep. in my house. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Let me show you my boobies. That was never happened, but you can <laughs> hope, can't you? You can hope. That would make. Well, you, you got to take a swing, right? You know? exactly or, or a slap <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah it was strange because I was my aunt was like have you got a suit and I was like no because I'm really fat and I'm not spending like 150 200 quid on a suit for one day you know all respect to pops but I can't justify it. I was probably a little bit dismissive in actual fact and she was like okay would you want to speak and I was like not really and then I spoke to her about it on the phone a couple of days later. I actually had a panic attack. I was suffering a bit with anxiety at the minute. The thought of oh, this is just fucking, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's causing me a little bit of distress. There was a moment about a week later. Now the Ashes is on, which is like the biggest cricket series. It's, I mean, I wouldn't say it's the World Series of Cricket. It's always England and Australia, but it's like one of the oldest rivalries. Mm-hmm. And uh, England were doing all right at this point. So I went to get my phone to call my pops because he loved his cricket. And I was like, oh, shit. When he got older, he got a little bit cantankerous, got a little bit stubborn. He was always stubborn, but he got a little bit, you know, a bit mean-spirited with it. And uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't intentional, so you forgive it, because people get old. And I was struggling, because I don't think that you should ever whitewash people at a funeral, because not that you shouldn't say nice things, but people lived in the way that they wanted to live. Now, him mm-hmm. being stubborn, he probably saw those as points of principle. Now, if we're painting a different picture of him, it's not reflective of, of what he believed in, if you know what I mean. But then also, you can't just stand there and do a racist diatribe. Yeah, that's right. So, so, I mean, I was really struggling with what I'd say. And at that moment, when I went to get my phone, I went, shit, that's it. That's what he was about. It was the, said in the speech, said like, how will people be remembered? It shouldn't be us at our best or, even at our worst, it's the consistency of the every day mm. because it's always there for everyone. Oh, with the clothes thing, like what people don't understand when you get, get to a point where you get so fucking fat, it's not about, is the sizes available? Everything is so ill-fitting. Yeah. So you can't just nip down to Topman or Marks and Spencers or even like fucking Next and go, oh, I'll just get this cheap suit, it'll do for the day. Those options don't exist because... Once you get past, the, say, 10% overweight, everybody changes shape differently. The trousers are like putting two parachutes on and then just tying them together at the top.
1: Totally, totally.
0: So I got about 1,500 quid's worth of stuff and sent it back off ASOS bit by bit. And I managed to piecemeal an outfit together. It wasn't a suit or something I was comfortable wearing. And also it was soaring. Like It was like, I mean, nothing compared to where you are, but like 26 degrees. So what's that? I don't know. Let me look it up. 26 so, degrees. 82 that's pretty hot 78.8 so warm so anyway it wasn't until the day when i was like okay i can do this now is it possible for me to and he goes well we've got the running order but look no one's going to stop you you know if you want to speak about your granddad i've got it all memorized in my head you know from all the times i've called into sport radio oh
1: you you're like one of the classic callers
0: yeah, just like an abundance of clips of me losing my shit about fucking not to say. So, um, <laughs> so from that, it's all about the preparation. When you're on hold, you just go over it. You go over it. You go over it. You, you split it into the bullet points, and then you tick them off, and you know what you're going to say. So I was quite confident of going in without it. I'd never put pen to paper with it. I just know. Um, Same with me. Yeah. yeah, me and my cousins. We're having. In the funeral parade, we're in this, maybe not stretch, but the limousine type thing. Sure. And we're just having jokes and taking the piss. I'm thinking, shit, like I know in the other car, with, because we were all the grandkids, and in the other car, it was like the the like the mums. mums yeah, the and children, them. basically. And we get there, and it hadn't quite settled, in even when we were there, because you've seen people that you've not seen in a long while, and, and then some fuckers, phone goes off, and I just turn around smiling, shaking my head. And then as I turn my head back around, I see my mum and her sister just in absolute bits, and I was like, oh, shit. That gave me the little click. So up like, we're we're here. (laughs) And then this guy, this fucking guy, he's given us like um, uh, a carry in the coffin for dummies. And I said to both my cousins afterwards, do you get a word that he said? And he went, not a fucking single letter. Because we're obviously thinking about having to talk as well, me and my two cousins. I'm still telling myself, okay, just keep it together. Just make sure you don't make mistakes. Today's not about you. Just don't do anything untoward. Anything inappropriate. Just get your head in the game. Oh, Actually, when we sit in this church, I come, like, overwhelmed with emotion. I'm sitting there with my head in my hands. I can't stop, like, crying. I'm like, shit, where did that come from? Like, legitimately. I just put my <laughs> head in my hands to rest because everybody else was really starting to choke up because you're actually there. And I've just put my head in my hands to sort of cover my face a bit. Not that I was... Not upset, but just to take a deep breath and consider it. And I just, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. My cousin's giving me the man pat on the back. (laughs) Anyway, going on a bit. So they do this slideshow of him and all his family. It goes on for ages. And my cousin has got to speak first. He can't even, he's just seen it. He's an emotional wreck. He gets up there. He's composing himself, but he can hardly speak. And I'm thinking, shit, like you can do it. Come on, come on, you can do this, you know fucking, like, I know you've got it in you, let's do it. Like, I was just about to stand up to go up and put an arm around him and we're here. Mm-hmm. like when your glutes tense just as you're getting up, but you've not quite mm-hmm. left the seat? His dad went up and joined him. And then my cousin Brett, who's just an uh, absolute gas of the life and soul of, real nice, real funny guy. It's almost impossible not to like him. And he's struggling like fuck, because I'm going last, because obviously I was a late addition. I'm sitting there thinking... Shit, these guys are falling apart. Regan's was really emotional. Brett was anecdotal, telling like funny stories, but like really struggling. I'm thinking, think shit. I've written this like it's kind of like stand-up comedy, like, catch-release, say something nice and then drop something in afterwards. Never making the bland out the subject of the joke. I'm gonna get up there, I'm gonna fucking whistle through this, and everyone's gonna be like, Phew. you know, read the room, dude. Mm, mm-hmm. So I composed myself because I think it's what people would expect. As soon as you open your mouth. You can't talk. It's just like, (laughs) but I managed to get through it. By the end of it, people were laughing. Everyone said, "What a great end to it!" Because we had the really heartfelt stuff, and then you just made everybody smile at the end. And yeah, 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 perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah. It was it was so lucky it was in that order as well. You
1: got to try to hit both. Like,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember when I did mine in the states. There are occasions where multiple people speak, but a lot of times it's just one person. And there's a tradition here. I don't know if what it's like there, but and you can depart from the tradition, but the tradition is like the oldest child will make the speech. And I remember being like, so that, that's what I am. And I, I remember being like completely like numb to it. I had like no emotion. So when I went up there and also keep in mind, like at the time I was teaching university. And so I was very comfortable being in 200 people. Yeah. Now yeah. it would be different because I'm not used to it. I don't do that anymore. <clears throat> um uh, but then it was like I was completely numb, very comfortable being in front of people. And and there's some pressure there. When you're the only one doing it, you gotta hit both notes. You gotta make people cry, make people laugh. That's the expectation. I actually ended up nailing it, but like I understand the pressure. What's it's the tough. room like? How are you gonna handle it? Like, what's it gonna be like <clears throat> when you get up there?
0: Yeah. And also if you're not funny, if jokes don't land, that's a pressure. And because yep. I'm I'm struggling to speak, but I'm fighting through it. And the whole thing is, like, about delivering the punchline. It's the capture and release. It's that expectation and then um, subverting it. So there was, um, there was a one thing when I was, I basically said listing off his achievements and then said, like, unselfishly, they brought me up till I was 16. And I said, brought up a, a family in a Leicester Terrace with more kids than there were bedrooms and then unselfishly did it years later for a grandson. And I paused and went, which I think we can all agree was their greatest achievement. So, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. and in my mind, I had, I, it was quite stressful at that point and quite got in the flow. And then I was trying to judge whether people were laughing or not laughing. The bit was like dot, dot, dot with what they were given to be <laughs> self-deprecating. Yeah. 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 I couldn't, for some reason, I was sensually inept. I couldn't hear if people were laughing at the first joke. So I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I said the, the second punchline as people were still talking or, or laughing, yeah. not talking, laughing, or if it was just silence and then I'm just I'm just adding in. Like, <laughs> I'm just like piling bad taste on bad taste. Uh, everyone came up to, Well, the thing is just like when you're a stand-up comic and you're doing arenas, you can say anything because people are there to laugh. they paid a lot of yeah. money. I said to my cousins afterwards, did you take in any... The service that went no. I said I was just going through it in my head over and over and over again, and then all of a sudden it was my turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I realised afterwards, like I'm not saying I enjoyed it, but you're playing mm-hmm. such a special part at the end of somebody's life. Well, in, in actual fact's in their life, and it's kind of a privilege. Like it's a rare thing to be awarded. And yes, I thought shit. That's that's probably the last time I'm ever going to be given the opportunity to speak about somebody's life in such a way Hmm. i'm yeah just really glad i went through with it in the end because it is it's pressure like no doubt but i was glad it went down well
1: well one thing is just one other thing it's so true it is a rare privilege and you can feel that really in the moment the gravity of it but at the same time like what i found is that people really 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 want to laugh They really want to laugh, and so if you can give them that trigger, then that is a cathartic thing for people as well. Yeah,
0: and they want to cry as well.
1: Yeah, they want to do both. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Should we get on? Should we get
0: on? (laughs) (laughs) Now now that we've had public therapy, shall we get on to what we uh, should be talking about? Yeah, let's Uh, do it.
1: Do you have any topics you want to cover?
0: uh, I don't know. There's a few things, just things I've seen and things that have been in the news and all that sort of thing. The first thing, Tim, that I would like to know your opinion. Well, the whole Jonathan Majors Now, I know we can't comment on whether he did assault his partner at the time or, or whether, in fact, it was under extreme provocation and, and she instigated the assault. That's not for us to decide or to comment on. Let's say it's worst-case scenario. Why is this a big question? What do they do? You just get somebody else to play the character. It's totally. as simple as that. They're really, really tying themselves in knots with the actors becoming more important than the characters. It should be like a reboot in the comics where it just starts from day one again and we've just got a new cast. One of them's not enough, you just bring somebody else in and it'll be like Batman or Spider-Man. Who was your favourite Batman? Who was your favourite Spider-Man? Iron Man dying was a great end to the Infinity Saga, right? But you'd think these films are going to go on when me and you were six feet under. So you can't iteratively just keep crossing off characters. We've said before, none of these actors have increased their reputational collateral outside of the MCU. I think the only person is Sebastian me, who has increased for me. I think his appearances in films outside the MCU have actually been better served since he's been in it. Yeah. Like Scarlett Johansson was a top tier actress.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about her. Yeah. She's now. And she, she continued to do that, the smaller, more interesting films while she was in the MCU. Like she did them contemporaneously and she had a career before that. I don't think that her being Black Widow has really changed anything for, for her. I like,
0: still think the more noteworthy stuff is probably beforehand. Can you name a film yeah. with her from the last five years? Uh,
1: not the last five years, I don't think.
0: She was in that movie with Joaquin Phoenix where she played the computer, right? Okay, okay. And also, let's, she was with Adam Driver in that uh, Everything's Going yes. to Shit film. forget Scott Johansson yeah, as well.
1: But um, I don't, the thing is, I don't think that the MCU has enhanced her reputation. Like she was going to get those roles anyway because she was doing those types of films before. Yeah, 100%. The MCU. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, like Chris Evans has tried to branch out, but he just gets these parts where he plays the same
0: type of guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Knives out, but. He was still him, but it was yeah, exactly instead yeah. of 10% more charming, he was just like 20% less charming. Yeah, exactly. Jeremy Renner, again, he was like an up and coming actor. I think he did Zero he did, Dark 30.
1: Right?
0: No, he did the one with the bomb disposal, not the one where they're getting Osama, Osama bin Laden. You intentionally bought actors without any attachments to any other big IP, so yep, they would yep. bond with the characters. You can just do that again. And I think when you look at James Gunn, that's how he's approaching the appointments at, at the proposed DCU. Yeah,
1: and if you can think about it like Jonathan Mage. We're not talking about Chadwick Bozeman here. Someone who is like iconically identify with the particular character, the MCU character. We're talking about a guy who's been in one film. In fact, if you were to have to change such a cast member, the ideal would be if this happened before they filmed you know, the movie and they get something new, but this is really not that big a deal. It's the second easiest thing all. to do It's just one film. I feel like people didn't really see, you know, <laughs> relative to other MCU films. It's, I don't think yeah, it's yeah. like a huge lift
0: in my opinion. I mean, look at uh, War Machine, uh, Don Cheadle. Yeah. It still surprises me when you put an Iron Man, oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they dropped Emma Furman from uh, Cassie Lang and then brought the other girl in. That still pisses me off. They didn't even tell, you, you know, she found out on social media when they announced the Quantumania cast, or was Not it so Comic-Con so. or whatever, the recasting of Cassie. There was nothing that she did in that film that says it was a better option. Right. I've said this previously. Maybe when Emma Furman hugged Paul Rudd, it's like, is this like the return of a lover? Because she'd like grown up to a young, <laughs> a, a very young lady, and he's still yeah. like the the eternal Paul Rudd. That was of yep. is, is, there, is there chemistry here? Am I am I that's am I so reading funny. this wrong? Am I am I reading it wrong? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so you can, you, they're not afraid of simply just recasting. I mean Jonathan Majors was good. I know Brian said he thought who's the dude that played the high evolutionary? What's his name? Oh, I don't know the actor's name. Because I would say, I understand where Brian's coming from, that he was better than Jonathan Majors. However, I just think he was a better character. I still think yeah, Jonathan that's, that's it. That's it, I think. Jonathan Majors, he was on the progression to be that top-tier Academy-level actor, if he wasn't already. Totally, totally. Did you see Lovecraft Country?
1: I did not.
0: Um, I didn't either. But
1: I want to. Why Why do you ask? I oh, because oh, he's in that. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: that was the first time when people were really, like, recognizing that he was a talent. People like that, huh? That's That's, like, a
1: pretty well-respected show.
0: Yeah, it was on the same time as Watchmen. And yeah. they both had the, let's say, the social issues that were going on at, at that time. They were both kind of reflective yeah, yeah. Of, of that era. And, you know, without, there's only so much that you can take in one go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Sometimes I just want to look at niche lesbian porn, and that's the guy I am. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> one by one, Tim. I know you watched Black Adam.
1: The, um, like, the, the rock thing? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I watched that.
0: Did you watch Shazam, Fury of the Gods? The second one? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I I didn't. It would, that's very unlike me. Usually, as you know, I'm known as the trash man. Like, I'll watch and probably enjoy <laughs> almost everything. I am discerning, but I find something to enjoy, to enjoy in almost everything. But I didn't see that. I didn't watch The
0: Flash. I didn't. I did watch Black Adam because I love The Rock, but the movie sucked. I hated it. I think I stole them all this week out of protests. Yeah, because I didn't want to... My problem with Warner Brothers is, is, well, it's twofold, really. The the uneven treatment of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, whereby one was allowed to continue, and one was not on speculation. I know there was a trial in England, but that was a very specific trial over the specific mm-hmm. use of one word. So it was almost a semantic discussion on what the word means mm-hmm. as opposed to the actual offense. And then with the whole Ezra Miller thing, I just wanna say, before we get onto the Ezra Miller thing, we're not calling him they, them, there. I'm also not gonna be insulting him by calling him he, him. The The whole point of having pronouns is clear identification when you're talking about an organization such as Warner Brothers, which clearly they, them, there, and you're talking about mm-hmm. an individual that's they, them, there, and you're saying, well, they've got to sort their shit out. Well, what, who, which one? There was not the intent originally for it to be politically or socially motivated. It was for clear identification, just addressed by name Ezra Miller. Yeah, did. Ezra Miller said what we expect from Ezra Miller. And I think that's respectful enough without causing the confusion of using mass plurals for an individual.
1: To the extent that we hear mispronoun Ezra Miller, it's not for the purpose of mispronouning him. It's just yeah. for, for clarity.
0: So with Ezra Miller, <laughs> it was, of course, a slew of controversy. Now my point of view is Ezra Miller needed help. I think it was Grace Randolph. There was a trauma in his life last February with somebody that was very close to him. Ezra Miller deserves all the help and the right to correct the behavior and Mm -hmm. realize how destructive it was, one to Ezra Miller and also to his interactions with other people. However, Mm -hmm. I've never liked Ezra Miller. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Always came across as a gobby little shit. To be honest with you, in interviews, it's off-putting. Warner Brothers, like they didn't, they didn't say anything. The great thing about that, Tim, is I can edit out all the hymns. <laughs> 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 so they really pissed me off with that. Yeah, yeah. Especially with how quick they were to drop Johnny Depp when it was just speculation. Just really left a bad taste in my mouth. My whole thing with Flashpoint was the young, annoying version of the Flash is probably what Ezra has to do the least amount of acting with. I just yeah, don't. Yeah. I don't like the guy. That's going to impact it. and Look, it flopped. But
1: did it? Yeah. I don't, people didn't see it.
0: No, nobody went to see it. It's. It'll be lucky if it makes half the money Black Adam did. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, it's on about two hundred, I think. Something like. I wonder that. what explains
1: more. that. I know why I'm not seeing it. So I'm tired of. The DCEU and disappointment after disappointment. is I guess maybe that explains why people aren't seeing it widely.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing with Fast and Furious, isn't it? Nine was so yeah. damaging. Ten okay. was tanked proportionately to its, to its budget. It will lose money in its theatrical run. Syndication, licensing, product placement, all that kind of thing will probably balance it off. But in general, studios like to know that their films have ticked off the money they've spent on it. In that case, they shot the film almost twice, didn't they? Because Justin Lin, he walked uh, off yeah. set because he couldn't deal with the egos and the constant script rewrites and the lack of professionalism, which is actually what put the rock off. The yeah, it's, as well, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. This is a Vin Diesel problem, basically.
0: I mean, you can't have a person that's just given complete carte blanche over an IP like Diesel. You can't. Yeah.
1: He's just an actor in this. Like, He doesn't have other things going on, really.
0: You know, it's absolutely ridiculous yeah. when you kind of just want him for one, sticking to his wheelhouse and two, like concentrate totally. on what he's good at. Totally. Yeah. The point being, Vin Diesel should stay in his, <laughs> <laughs> stay in his wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah.
1: Stay in your, stay in your lane, Vin Diesel.
0: But I am just, oh, I'm glad that the DCU's just failed. People have just lost their patience with it. I didn't hate Black Adam. I thought it was fine because I thought it was going to be absolute shit, like utter shit. Okay. So when I watched it, I was like, okay. Like it's derivative of so many other things.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The start and finishing points are kind of, it flows, there's a narrative flow, It pacing's all right. But ultimately, it's, it's yeah. just and you're just watching it for the spectacle, it's not going to ruin your day. The only thing I'll say is there was something with The Rock when he wasn't pretending to be Drax. There was enough there for me to say, okay, I'm interested to see where you're going to take this character. In isolation. Yeah, I have
1: this inexplicable love for The Rock, and so I had some expectations for it, and I just was somewhat I guess I don't hate it. It's forgettable. I never think about it. It's no buzz.
0: There's nothing to talk about, you know? It's like, eh, it, it is what it is. Um, with the flash, I know you've not seen it, but the cameos were just, oh God, it's the worst of, it's just the worst of this kind of film. Okay, here's the scene where we just show you all the other ones. I mean, do you mind if I spit a little bit of spoilers? They do the Nicolas Cage Superman in it. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's the CGI. That's how I felt. I was like, oh, sick. Like, I really wanted to see it. Like, maybe is he going to be DAs? Like, in what uh, capacity is he going to be in it? Two minute flashback of DC through the ages, and they put him fighting a giant spider, which Avi Arad, so he was oh. involved with most of the original Spider-Man films, and he's had a hand in a lot of the Marvel Studio stuff as well. The Sam Raimi ones? The Sam yeah, Raimi yeah,
1: ones? Yeah, yeah, okay.
0: yeah. So Spider-Man 4, he wanted to, I was it even Spider-Man 3, I think Spider-Man 3 wanted to have a giant mechanical spider. They were like, no, and he said, well, OK, if we're not going to have the mechanical spider, then we need to put Venom in this. And that's how that whole mess happened. And then he went on to Tim Burton's Superman and said, I want a giant mechanical spider in that. Mm-hmm. And of course, that, they spent, I think, about $100 million in pre-production before that film completely fell apart. And again, Tim Burton was like, I don't want a giant mechanical spider. And then the film that he finally managed to push through was Wild Wild West, which was Will Smith's first flop, which, of course, had a giant mechanical spider in it. That's so <laughs> but, the, but yeah, the flashback scene with Nicolas Cage, Nick Cage is Superman, was him fighting a giant mechanical spider. I mean, OK, I get it. Like, it's a nod. But I'd try to steer away from any of the reviews, because I knew I'd watch it sooner or later. I didn't want any of the nice things spoil. Here's the thing, they have a decent premise and there are some decent moments. Ezra Miller aside, I'm starting to realise that people just don't want the multiverse. It's a very finite thing. There isn't that much flexibility and Marvel are kind of in trouble because they are tied to the tracks on this and the the films that have done it so well, so if you say No Way Home, you say, Mm -hmm. across the Spider-Verse, with some some effects, Multiverse and Madness. The elements Mm -hmm. of those films that worked weren't the Multiverse. They had a nailed on story that was great. And then they added the baubles of Tobey Maguire, of Andrew Garfield. In the Spider-Verse films, you have a good story and then you you add Spider-Ham, then you add Spider-Man Noir to it. And they're the baubles. They aren't the root and branch This is shown that if you have an exceptional film, it adds to it. But if you have a film that's not quite there, it's really to its detriment.
1: Yeah. And I think that DC is in a position right now where people, from an audience perspective, like people have such low expectations for their films that to get off of that track, you're gonna have to produce something that is truly extraordinary to like Mm. upend people's expectations and to get people get excited about DC again. Yeah. even a good movie is not going to do it you need something yeah. truly extraordinary you'd think the james gunn suicide squad would have done it and that was excellent but i mean it just it that didn't yeah it's going to take something even somehow better than that or consistent excellence i don't read a ton of dc comics but i would love it if james gunn could do that i would to have a whole separate universe of of superhero films that was that was good. I, I would be, of course, in favor of. i wrote for both. I would love these to be good. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah I would as well, because it only gives us more choice. And it also makes a more vibrant industry. And it makes people not afraid of diminishing returns to the extent where, if you look at the three films that have excelled for DC, none of them have been in the DCU, but Joker, the Batman did well, and Peacemaker. And they mm-hmm. were three that were in it, but they just told their own story. Well, they weren't in it. Peacemaker kind of was, but to the extent whereby it told its own story. Yeah. I think we're in a position now where Superman, well, at least there's one train of thought that says the Superman film, based on all-star Superman, I can't remember what it's called, is it Superman Legacy or something like that? Yeah. You have to concentrate on making a brilliant film and you almost have to take the loss to get people back. It's gotta be a loss
1: leader basically, yeah. Yeah, a loss
0: leader, that's exactly what it needs to be. Outside of that, have you watched any Secret Wars? Secret Invasion, sorry. I
1: haven't yet.
0: Have you seen it? I saw that you had watched some of it, yeah? Or all of it? Yeah, I watched the first two. Um, It's fine. Lacks scale, considering there are akin to a million scrolls now inhabiting the Earth. The one thing that's pissed me off with it, and this is what stopped me watching The Flash on the CW. 20 minutes in, I said to my dad, I can't watch this, dad. It's terrible. He goes, it's all right. I said, I can't bear the music. It's constant swelling strings, and they're just standing in a lab. (laughs) <laughs> like talking about yeah. who wants to get the coffee secret invasion has this as well and i hate it the frequency of the score it's nonstop. stop it's a constant there's no scene without score and it's how poor it is as well like this is something that wouldn't be out of place on 24 and that's 20 mm-hmm. years ago the only thing it does quite well it's it's a nick fury series and it shows you how He's lost control, how out of control he is after the blip, because he has mm-hmm. no terra firma reputation anymore. There's no S.H.I.E.L.D., there's no Avengers. It's very much him. Of course, he can't call the Avengers because, and this is stated in the series, because what happens if a scroll gets a hold of a Captain America and then goes to China and starts a war? It's not poor, but scene to scene, it doesn't have the scope. Can I say something from the first episode? Please? Let's just say... The climax of the first episode, this something that happens that infuriated me because it cuts off an arc that's been prevalent in the comics for almost 10, 15 years. And I feel it was simply done for effect. No thought. And look, it may be one of those things that in a couple of episodes time, it's undone or it's explained out, but I hated it. It really left a bitter taste in my mouth. It's watchable, but I'm not excited about watching the next one. I'm not like, ooh, ooh. Okay. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. What time is it? Got to tune in. In actual fact, I watched the second one by accident because I opened Disney Plus when I meant to open another app and I went, oh, Secret Invasion. <laughs> 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 oh, I suppose I can stay in bed for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> If you're doing these sorts of shows, the tone's important because it's been catastrophically comedic recently in the MCU. The middle ground isn't success. It shouldn't be a comparative success because the rest of it's failed. Like having no Mm. tone is not having tone. Is there anything you have been watching or reading, Tim?
1: So I went on vacation with my family to Orlando, which is in Florida. Yeah. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and I brought a few comics with me, a few things with me, some it's just single issue stuff that I was trying to decide whether I want to put on my my pull list and stuff. Nothing of no, but I did read the omnibus of something called Jennifer Blood. Have you heard about this? No, not at all. I'm intrigued. My local shop had a fifty um, percent a off sale, and there was a, so it's a, it's a dynamite. It's really companion. It's a it's a soft cover. Okay, right, 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 right so i picked it up because i saw that garth ennis wrote it so i was like oh "Oh, intrigued it's called jennifer blood by garth ennis i was like oh all right dynamite compendiums are very affordable it's like 30 dollars retail and i got it for like 15 bucks 20 issues yeah i'll take a flyer on this so i read it oh this is like kind of excellent the first arc was like kind of cool it's basically the premise is it's kind of like punisher like a suburban punisher the mom who has like two kids and a family and a job and stuff. After hours, she had this like revenge tour again. You know, some people, whatever. Sure. It's obviously like somewhat derivative, but it has a nice little twist about like the suburban stuff that she does in her daily life and how it intersects with her revenge tour. And so the first arc was pretty cool. And then it just went downhill. Uh, and I was like, wait a second, how is this happening? And it turns out, and I didn't really notice that Garth Ennis only wrote the first arc, and then uh, Al Ewing wrote like the last like twenty issues. Oh, that's a surprising. That's surprising. yeah. Are it you... was it was okay going forward, but the first arc was the, by far the best. He just has yeah. a knack for like that thing. Like I would still send people to read it if you could find it. I never even heard of it until I saw this thing on the shelf.
0: It reminds me of something Gal Simone wrote called Crosswire, brilliantly illustrated as well. But I can't remember who the art team was off the top of my head. I think it was one of those sort of. Outdoor uh, art, mm-hmm. colour combinations. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> and it's a suburban housewife who has uh, a freaky Friday happened to them with a hitman. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, oh God, I've read it it's such a long while ago. I miss those days when I was all new and bright-eyed and bushy tail. I was thinking this the other day, <laughs> no. that when you can just find these things and it's a surprise, they're yeah. like, oh, Oh, this looks good. I'll just get that. You're not yeah. railroaded into this sort of myopic. I like this person. I like this person. Well, I better get that now because I'm keeping up with it. That you yep. were like free and easy to just experience the world, Tim. I was flipping these totally. Fancy Free. <laughs> oh my god, it was yeah. It was such
1: a throwback to grab this thing off the shelf and be like, "Ooh,
0: yeah. what's this?" Yeah, exactly, and I miss that because I've got so much catch up. And talking of catch up, I've been trying to catch up with Brew Baker Phillips this week. I read one that came out uh, recently called Night Fever, and it's about a pulp publisher who goes Mm -hmm. around the world um, signing up books from conventions, and then he's just got a knack of finding them. And one day, one evening. He stumbles across this sex club, this, like, eyes wide shut, very salacious, open, expressive sex party. Yeah. And he just picks a name off a list. He says, oh, I'm Griffin, and points to it. And he says okay. to the dude, oh, I forgot my mask. And he goes, yeah, no problem, I'll get you a mask. And the twist and turns of that evening when he's introduced to another gentleman who has he's kind of unbridled. He never says no and he takes him on this wild adventure and then the machinations of that night unfurl and he's trying to piece together what happened and what he did and then there's sort of like death and destruction ensues. And it made me realise that the only people doing this kind of writing, old fashioned, clandestine,
1: mm.
0: every page has a fascination of, I think the only thing I'd say is I've seen so much Sean Phillips illustration now that it almost feels like there's a pastiche to it. And I'm kind of uh-huh. like, can we can we just mix it up a little bit? And it's strange because Sorrentino, I never have that sense. It just seems like he's just become, he's just locked down a more precise and more involved oh. version of Sorrentino. Like he's just yeah. grown and grown and grown. Whereas Sean Phillips now? I'm kind of like, and his son, uh, Jacob Phillips, actually colors it. So that's pretty okay. cool for the first time. yeah. And yeah, it's just great. And I love the OGNs that are released in hardcover. They look yep, all on yep. the shelf. Those, Im- those image ones? Yeah, it's just a really nice read as well because you can do it in one sitting and you feel like you've read something. You've got that. Having a hardcover almost gives the reading more versatility. It feels proper. Like it should sure. be respected and appreciated sure, more. Sure,
1: sure, sure. What's yeah. the name of this one, Matt?
0: What? Night Fever. Night Night fear. in the way that only they can it all ties together nicely at the end and you feel satiated by the answers that they give you i've read the first two reckless as well uh-huh. again great series um typical Baker phillips there's this kind of like soldier of fortune somewhere between god somewhere between the a-team and the, what was the chuck norris program called Walker, Texas yeah, Ranger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like a splicing together of that, but it's set in the 80s. He lives in this old cinema and there's like a hotline that you only have if someone's giving it to you. He's also trying to work out his own personal situation and he's kind of like reckless through it. And he he always uncovers, there's always something more afoot. It's quite a heartfelt story actually, because it's a reckless character, but it's, one that is, it's not reckless with people's feelings. He really mm-hmm. commits to having read Night Fever and then having read the first two reckless OGNs. I thought, well, oh, do you know what? I need a little bit of a break. I'm not going to whistle through all the reckless because I, I've i got three left. Let's make them last. And also, I think I've I think I've had enough of Baker's pulp. I thought yeah. to myself, yeah. to my introduction to Baker and Phillips, Kill or Be Killed, let's just have one. Can we just have one that's a little bit more fun? Can we just have mm-hmm. one that's where the thing isn't a man? Let's have some. Yeah. Let's just—it's <laughs> not just like a guy doing a thing. Can we have something that's a bit more spooky? It doesn't yeah. have to be. It doesn't have to be. You know, like in the first series of True Detective.
1: Yeah. Like, oh can yeah, we get, yeah. Can we
0: get something like that where? Yeah. Oh, is is it? Isn't it? Is it? Isn't it? Is it? Isn't it? Because yeah. the problem yeah. is they do this so well. But can we have that and just a little bit of something else? It's funny at the end. I was reading the end of the second Reckless, and they said we're gonna we've got the third one written, and I'm gonna take a little break and do other things, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then obviously they did Night Fever, which is almost like a Reckless tale (laughs) Mm. (laughs) by another name. But yeah, Yeah, I mean, they they are one of the you know all time great combinations. So yeah, I can't complain. And then to break it up, I started reading Department of Truth by oh yeah I, I convinced myself it was azzarello but it's not it's uh, tiny in the fourth isn't it yep yep I've not read much tiny in the fourth and
1: oh he's he really is like oh he's so good always, he's always cracked up to me I, I, oh yeah,
0: sure. dude I have his whole detective comics run downstairs so I'm like oh
1: hell yeah hell yeah dude you should read that
0: Oh, I'm, I'm, oh God, I feel, um, whoo, I feel Tim, I've got Wrigley for the first time today. <laughs> <laughs> wiggly, wiggly, Yeah, it's so, it's not what I was, I, this is kind of that feeling that I had before. I bought the deluxe hardcover and it arrived, i have left the film on it until I went to read it and I opened it up and I was mm-hmm. like, shit, this is not what I was expecting. Joke is how something killing the children, I was mm-hmm. expecting it to be like a silly thing like that which I didn't think was half what everybody makes it out to be. Like, it's a kind of good story, but at the same time, I felt like I was reading a comic. There was nothing submersive about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Good story, but I just, I didn't know who it was for. It kind of felt like horror for young adults, if you know what I mean. Like Mm -hmm. it was almost like miscategorized. But this is so dark and miasmic and murky from the the very, and it doesn't shy away from the truths. And it doesn't lay out a truth. It doesn't even tell you that they're trying to prevent the truth or to spread the truth. It's about the dissemination of information Mm -hmm. and how sometimes that can be corrupted to be of purpose. And sometimes it needs to be repressed. And it just asks loads of, socio-political questions. And I just love that Lee Harvey Oswald's the leader of the Department of Truth. And it's wrong-footing. From story to story, you think, well, is this kind of like an X-Files thing? And then you're thinking, oh, is this more like a a political thriller type thing? And it really wrong-foots you every two or three issues. I'm not that far into it, maybe six or seven, but wow, it's one of those that I can't wait to pick up again. It's just wow, 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 wow. Tremendous. So, I think I read
1: the first arc or two. I've been collecting it since the beginning because I think at that time I was on, I was aware of Tiny in the Fourth and I was like, okay, this looks like potentially one of the all-time greats. And so I decided to pick it up and I've read the first arc or so and I think it's just absolutely tremendous. I have nothing to add what you said, but I agree, it's it's A+. Oh, it's
0: so, so good. And I love the art style and the way it switches. For someone to have that dexterity, wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, who is yeah,
0: this? Do we ex- know who the excellent. artist is? The problem is, there's no like, Spotify or IMDB for comics, is there? Or I is know. There? uh Simmons and Bidikar. Bidikar. Okay. But yeah, it's, um, it's, it's pretty perfect. That's um, awesome. As much of the world that it's set and as many questions it's posed, it doesn't feel like it's exhausted its reach by any extent. You feel yeah, yeah. there is a lot of ways that this can go. You don't feel confused by it. You feel comfortable in your surroundings of the story and you have the eagerness to find out more.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always keeps you on your toes too. Like it's You're like right. it upends expectations. Yeah, of it. yeah. it's oh, really, really, it's like top of the line, basically.
0: Have you carried on with the Ox era? No.
1: And let me, let, this is actually a good time to talk about this. You know this, but I don't think we talked about on the show. I sold all of my uh, Marvel comics. About twenty-five long boxes full of them. We've talked about this kind of tangentially before. That there comes a point where a you run out of space, but b you realize that when you buy these comics, you bag and board them and put in a box, and that is the end of it, That's largely. The end of it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you ne- you almost never see it again because there's just so much to keep up on. So I have not kept up on it. But what I'm going to do, I think, and I haven't done it yet because I'm I'm gonna I have so much to read. There's no sense. There's no point in paying for it, but I'm going to attempt in my lifetime to like actually get up to speed on Marvel. And even if I can DC, so I'm going to do it by doing Marvel Unlimited. I'm going to do it all online digitally is what I'm going to do going forward, except for certain omnibuses or epic collections. Like I love those, so I will get them in large part. I'm going to be looking out to the extent I read current uh, Marvel or DC comics, it'll be digitally and it was kind of a hard decision to make but once i made it it wasn't as bad as i thought i i retained certain things that i thought i could maybe sell online Mm. um but beyond that it's all gone it was crazy to sell like i don't know how many comics that is like 25 long boxes is a
0: lot but i don't know how many can fit in a long box 20 25 times 200 back and forth so
1: five thousand comics yeah so in short no i have not i have not but I intend to at some point. <laughs> like I, I always
0: have. Yeah. yeah, I realize, so I do it in almost stages of it. So when they've got a new prefix to ox, I will mm-hmm. go, okay, let's just get all those. And then I filled a basket on Amazon and the thing's pissing me off now as well. Fucking trades, they're not as bad as the omnibuses, but it just, you can't get hold of them. As a completist, it drives me nuts. If there's one that I could, that isn't available, I'm not getting all of them. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I just emptied the basket, and then I went to look at it the other day, and I went, Do you know what? I'm not fucking bothered. Genuinely don't care how this story ends now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, it's just been too much for too long. And I still am excited by Benjamin Percy, so I might, I don't know. I'm in the position now where there's a young girl, wear a drink if I'm in Leicester, and she came to me. She says, oh, how do you how do you read comics? Because I went to Forbidden Planet and I was in there for an hour and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So I walked around in circles and then left. So it gave her a big list, which was intimidating. And said, do you want to use Marvel Unlimited? And I looked at my trades, did like a rough calculation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I even do this for another 20 years, like till I'm 60, I'll need X amount of shelf space. I was like, I'm not buying trades anymore. So then what's the value of having the trades that I have? Yeah, because yeah, totally. It's a very small window. And I thought, what you need to do is load your car up or even put them in a long box and then just take them and give them to her.
1: Yeah. Did you do that?
0: No, I think I'm going to. I think I'm going and what, to. What do you feel like you're going to put in there? All my trades, all the Marvel trades from Fresh Start. I have it oh, from shit. all of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my Cause God. Because what's, what's the point?
1: No, I know, I know, I know. I haven't gotten to that point yet. I mean, that's the next step. I have like, a whole room full of fucking trades.
0: Well, I sort of put this rule down that if I want to, if my shelves are full, then I've to decide which ones I don't want anymore before I can put any more. I'll keep me Epic Collections. I'll keep most of the old ones that I've got, like the Hickman Avengers trades and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So the old ones where they feel more curated because mm-hmm, the other mm-hmm. ones are totally you totally. bought out of obligations. So I'm more than happy to do that. The thing is, when I started to think, which are the ones that I won't... And then I think, well, you are just giving me the shit ones. So what's the point giving you the shit ones if you want to get someone into comics? So you've got to keep Zdarsky's Daredevil in there as much as you keep... It's like Jason Owen's Avengers. You've got to keep a mortal Hulk in there as much as you've got to... Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're pretty good with doing the hardcovers now as well. So Benjamin Percy's X-Force, Benjamin Percy's Wolverine will hopefully be in an omnibus at some point and i'll be quite happy I like, to read that i really like
1: the marvel interstitial hardcovers the ones that collect like 12 issues they're like not yeah, huge yeah. omnis they do feel like substantial but also like readable you know you
0: can it's not a burden to hold them i really like yeah, those yeah, yeah. i can't resist buying those i wish i'd started doing that they're fitting on the shelf with the omnibuses yeah there's about 100 trades there i think that'd be a huge gift man so make it like that's exciting Fucking thousand pounds worth of comics minimum.
1: Oh, at least, at least. Totally.
0: Well, probably just from the X Men shit. (laughs) Seriously, dude.
1: Oh my God. It's best not to think about how much we've spent on comics. Like just Ah, depressing.
0: You've had the entertainment out of it. Now you're doubling that because somebody else is gonna get it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. Well, I hear I hear little footsteps upstairs. My daughter's birthday, so maybe we should wrap it up.
0: Yeah, let's wrap it up, mate. Let's wrap it up. Okay, thanks for joining me, Tim. It's been a pleasure as always.
1: Always. I love and appreciate you, friend.
0: Well, I mean, I do the same, and I also reflect that back. Because if you're not going to love yourself, then who else is, Tim? That's right. (laughs) Certainly not a deep fat fryer, a pan full of oil. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, I should probably say... We are The End Pod, and we are on all platforms. If you're listening to us on Spotify or any of the listening locations, then you can also find us on YouTube where we have original content, and that is The End Pod One Shots. We also have an Instagram and a Twitter, which is The End underscore Pod. That leaves me one thing to say. We have been, and this is The End.
1: All right. Good talk.